0: Hello, good morning. Thanks, guys. You guys are amazing. Hallelujah. Wow, what, a, what an action-packed morning, huh? Whoa, lots going on. It's so good. So amazing. I, don't you just love baptisms? Come on. As they, were, as they were getting baptized in there, the Lord showed me a picture of all of this debris just floating on the top. Like God just like did something supernatural in your life. Just, in your life, like, things were broken off. And I'll tell you, when I, when, when God does something crazy in my life, you know what happens? Usually, like, the next morning or two days later, I'm like, whoa, I'm different. Like, something happens, you know? Like, it takes a little bit for you to realize, wow, God really moved. So we bless you guys. And at the School of Ministry, come on. I'm going to miss them. Well, I'm going to see you guys every week, but still, you know. So Hallelujah. So we are in a series about um, our vision, making the vision clear. And I'm just trying to get set up here. And um, so it's, if you haven't heard some of it, I would encourage you guys to just um, go and listen to it because it's going to help you. You know, when you understand the play... You can do a good job together, right? Like you're part of a team and you understand, let's say you play basketball and you understand the play, man, you're going to see it accomplished, right? And that's like what the vision is. It's like understanding the play, understanding what we're going after and and our strategies. And God has given us strategies in this place, amen? We're not aimlessly just, just punching around. We are going after something, we are going after something, and we want to do it. It's so much easier when we all do it together, and we're all on the same page. Amen? And I'm so excited. So um, I, first of all, want to just welcome our live stream um, video, or our live stream. I can't talk right now. Family, we love you guys. You guys are amazing. And, um, and I'm excited what God's doing. Also, um, if you have a Facebook account it would be amazing if you could share it. We have just touched people um, through live stream, through um, just um, being on Facebook, and have people um, just sharing it. Our niece um, really encountered God, and she—we didn't realize that she was listening, and she had been someone um, who we hadn't talked to in years, and we didn't weren't sure what she was going through. and And she said that she caught it on on um, Facebook Live, and it it spoke. It answered the questions she had been asking God all week, and it answered them right away. So we don't know what God's doing, but he's doing something. Amen. And we want to, like, leverage technology for God's glory. Amen? Amen. And so um, there's these cards since it's, like, the last week of June, right? Next week is July, isn't it? No. Okay, we got two weeks. (laughs) Oh, you know what else? I forgot to tell you guys. Today's really a good day. Not only did we have baptisms, not only did our our school of ministry graduate, but my son Judah Tuttle is graduating high school today. Woo! Yay! And he's actually behind the camera, so he can't wave or anything, but I'm just so encouraged. It was encouraging actually seeing the school of ministry students not all up here. You know why? That's because they're, they're going to work. Come on. <laughs> they're going to work, and it's so beautiful to see, amen, that we all have a part in what God's doing. So praise God. Okay, so there is a card. I guess you can take it, and we can put more, or you can put it back after. In the back of your seats, or if you're in the front row, in the back of your seats. So it would be in the front of your seat or the back of your seat. And on there, it has an information card. And it says on there, it says our mission, right? And our mission here is to raise up, to disi- raise up disciples to impact their world. And, and impact their world. Your world looks different than my world, doesn't it? Like your world, your, where you live, where you work, where you go to school, all of those things, where you shop, that's your world. Come on. And we're called, as ministers of the gospel, Um, pastors in this house, mothers and fathers in this house, we're not called to do all the work of the ministry. We're called to raise up fully devoted disciples to go and impact their world. Amen? And, And that's our job. Our job is to see you ministers of the gospel, which you're called to be. Amen? Amen. So we actually, and then we have underneath, it says our our values. It says, as we pursue our mission, the following values help guide us. And the first one um, is we are growing to be more like Jesus. And that was preached a couple of weeks ago. And um, so you can go back and hear that. The second value to help us accomplish our mission is we are a family like no other. And um, the fourth one is the one I'm going to be speaking on today, is we love the person in front of us. Amen? Amen. And so that's such an amazing thing to do. It's like, I thought, how the heck, I, I don't know. It's Sometimes, you know, you just breathe and you don't know how to breathe. You don't know, you don't think about breathing. I feel like that for me, that God's helped me to do that, that I don't even think about it. <laughs> That um, he just created me like that, and everyone's different, and you do it in different ways. So I'm excited. Hopefully, I'll inspire you today. I'll help you to understand what we're going after. Amen. And and we can do this together. I'm just gonna pray. Do you guys mind? Let me just pray. Hallelujah. Ooh, Holy Spirit, we just we ask you to come again in waves. We thank you for coming in one wave and coming in another wave and coming again and so Holy Spirit we ask you to come in another wave and move in this place we invite you to speak this morning we invite you to have your your plans fulfilled in our hearts and in this place today and we just give you praise we just give you praise just begin to tell them that you love them this morning come on love you Jesus Love you, Jesus. Have your way in this place. Have your way in my life. We submit our hearts to you this morning, and we just thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hallelujah. So I can think of times um, where I've driven through the city, through Syracuse, and I just had my own agenda I was thinking, you know, how we are busy in our life, and I had my own agenda. I'm thinking, I have to do this, 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 and this, and this, right? <laughs> how many are busy in this room? And I just think about my own agenda, and there's times I've driven through our city and haven't even noticed anyone outside, you know? You're on, you're in your own little bubble. You're in your own little world. It's about you, your life, and, and you're just going through your life, and, and you're trying to get stuff done and, And I remember one time, um, I think my husband and I were praying together. And we prayed this dangerous prayer. How many know there's some dangerous prayers you can pray? And you don't realize it until after. You're like, ooh, that was a little dangerous. Now what is happening in my life? So I remember praying this dangerous prayer, like, God, break my heart for what breaks shores. God, break my heart for what breaks shores. I didn't even realize what I was praying. And so I'm praying this, and we're believing that. And, and then all of a sudden, I started noticing things. I started noticing people. That were hurting. I started, God just started showing me people's hearts. And he started showing me the brokenness in our city. And I started going through and I started seeing all of the abandoned buildings in our city. And all of the people who just were struggling in our city. They weren't invisible anymore. And he just began to reveal things to me. I would grocery shop and I would see people hurting. And God would show, he would just give me a passion for them. And I would just want to love them. I would help them. Whatever God told me, it's like, God, you're, you're just showing me things, and I don't know what to do with it. And he's like, just keep going. It's like, it's like um, uh, Nemo, Finding Nemo. Just keep swimming, amen? Just keep swimming. Just keep swimming. Just keep going. Just keep loving. Keep living your life, but allowing me to show you who I want you to touch. Amen? Who I want you to touch. Part of our vision is as you drive into the church, you see our sign out there. It says a phrase, a tagline underneath Faith Chapel. It says, merging life and faith. And that means that your life and faith are merged. That as you're living your life, as you're going through your day, you're not compartmentalized in God. You're like, God, you're a part of everything. <laughs> You're a part of everything. Like, I don't, I don't have my time with you in the morning, and it's done. But you're a part of my whole entire day. Amen? That you're part of everything. That I am communing with you. That I am praying throughout the day. The Bible talks about praying without ceasing. That I, my heart is open to what you want to do in my life and in my world. And I say yes to you. And I say yes in a big way on a daily basis. Yes, 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 yes. And my life and my faith is merged. That I fall in love with him in the morning. I fall in love with him again in the noontime. <laughs> I fall in love again with him again in the afternoon when I'm driving. I fall in love with him again as I'm cooking dinner. I fall in love with him as I'm going throughout my evening. I am in love with Jesus. That he is a part of my every. Every ounce of me, and he has filled me with his love, he has forgiven me, he has healed me, he has just showed me and wrecked me in all good ways. And I can't live another minute without him because I was created to be in relationship with him. <laughs> I was created) I was created to be in love with him i was created to love him and i was created to receive his love back it's a lifestyle and i wasn't never meant to say okay god i give you this time and no other he wants us all he wants to possess us and a lot of times we think oh my god possess don't even say that word Woo, that's scary no <laughs> it's full surrender it's saying god i just want you I don't know what it looks like. It's like riding a roller coaster ride. I don't know what it looks like, but I give myself to you. Do you know we are created for that? Do you know that God's the only one who gets us? <laughs> man, I am in love with that man right there, but sometimes he don't get me. <laughs> and I don't get him. <laughs> I am seriously in love with him, okay? Okay no one else has my heart on this earth, I tell him he's my favorite person in the whole world all the time. Right, don't I? But God, he's the only one who gets us. Come on. We can try to bump our head on things and be like, oh, they don't understand, and we'll live frustrated. And that's an anger, and God doesn't like when we're angry, right? Right. He likes righteous anger, but it, it's like fear and all of that stuff, in it. and it just, it just makes a lot of noise, and it doesn't get you anywhere. But when we just allow God to touch us and to take over our lives, it's like we're just putting them on like a glove, and we're living our lives, and we mess up, and we know that our dad's not mad at us, We know that He's for us; He's not against us. Amen. And we can just we just can go for it, and we can allow Him to show people to us. During the day, we can allow Him to show us people's faces in our mind's eye, and we can begin to pray for them, and we can reach out to them, and and we can just uh, we can allow Him to to just we call it highlighting. Where you see someone and you can't keep your eyes off of them in like a public place or anywhere, maybe even this room. And and we say, okay, God, I'm going to go over and step over and talk to him and love on him. And I don't know what I'm going to say. But I'm just going to be obedient. Because, you know, obedience, he just can't help to bless when we're obedient to him. And so it's just taking all of this stuff that we try to compartmentalize, that we try to put in our own decent order, <laughs> we try to control, and it's just saying, here, Jesus, and he goes, and he blows on it. And he says, all right, <laughs> now it's just you and me, and we're, we're, we're looking at each other, and your eye is on me, and you can do anything when you're like that. You can get out of the boat, and you can walk on water with me. You can run through a troop, and you can leap over a wall. You can do anything. Nothing's impossible. You can lay hands on sick people and they'll get well. You can speak to the enemy and he'll flee. Amen? You can do anything with Christ. Nothing is impossible. And nothing is impossible for them who believe. And we are called to raise up believing believers that actually believe God. Come on. That's me. <laughs> That's you, that you can believe him. You can believe what he says, and it's okay. Sometimes I used to think I have to be perfect. I just have to be me and do it for him, right? And that's what you have to do. You have to be you and do it for God, and he gets all the glory, amen, because you can't do it in your own strength. (laughs) You can't do this, but through him you can do anything. Amen? And so loving the person in front of you starts from you receiving the love of God and you walking in his love and you walking in the authority that he's given you and you being set apart and surrendered to Jesus so that it overflows out of you. So it's like a how many like put so- soda in a cup and it just overflows, you put too much, that you could live overflowing and bubbling up all over everybody. That even when bad things happen in your workplace, that you can actually laugh because you're not taking it too seriously because you know God's bigger than this, right? That when your finances are all messed up, that you can laugh because you know God's got this. He said he'll supply all of my needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus, and he's got everything. (laughs) I don't have to be afraid. I don't have to worry. I he's got it. And so when we live that life where we're just like in love with God and it's just pressing in. It's just saying, "God, I'm yours today." I'm yours today. I actually have on my phone every day at 10:45, it will it will come up as a reminder, "God, I'm yours today." I'm yours. Cuz sometimes we forget, right? We're going through our stuff, our our uh, clothes shrunk in the dryer and all those things we burn the breakfast and we're like whoa but it just reminds us like God I am yours today do whatever you will with me I am yours I am yours I give myself to you and so I want to tell you this story of this amazing person she's a hero in the faith and her name, you may have heard about her. Her name is Amy Carmichael. How many have heard of her? Oh, she's awesome. I love her. I Someday in heaven, I will meet her. <laughs> she's amazing. Well, I'm going to tell you about her life a little bit, and hopefully it will just help. Um, so here she is. She's like 18 years old. It's way back in the early ni- late 1800s, early 1900s when she was alive during this story. And... Um, she was from an upper class family, and she she lived in Belfast, um, Ireland. She lived in Ireland, but she was Scottish, which I'm Scottish, so yay, Scottish Italian. So, anyways, <laughs> um, so here she is. Um, she's g- she's getting out of church, and they're walking home. And as she's walking home, she happens to notice. Um, this woman, and she noticed this this woman, and she had all tattered clothes, and she just she 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 was poor. She was a poor woman, and she was carrying this really heavy load, and 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 so like this something just came over her. It, it was like a spontaneous obedience came over her, and she just ran over and and just started helping her. She she carried her her bag and everything. And um, her two brothers followed her, which is amazing. She's our, she's leading them, and she goes and carries her, thi- her things for her, and she's with her, and all of a sudden, and they're walking and they're helping this sweet woman that no one else noticed. But she saw her, and in a moment, without even thinking, she just ran over to help her. And and then after she was helping her, she realized, oh, man, everyone is giving me that the look, you know, dirty look (laughs) everyone is looking down on me you know I don't know everyone is just like looking down on me I don't even like doing that why did I just do that anyways everyone's looking down on me and she started to feel like remorseful like oh no what did I do am I shaming my family you know how the devil works he begins to speak to us when we obey God a lot of times right like oh you didn't say the right things right you should have went yesterday not today you should have called them yesterday what's your problem what's the matter with you right No, that was the devil. So the devil starts speaking to her. And then all of a sudden, as she's walking, she sees this fountain. You know, the fountain's like in a square or something. And the Lord speaks to her in an audible voice. And um, I'm trying to make sure I don't butcher this up here. And the Lord speaks to her in an audible voice. And he says, there is only one fountain worth building upon. Jesus Christ. And she went, looked around. She's like, No one, you know, I didn't see anyone, you know, I don't see anyone talking. And she realized that it was God. And so after she helped the woman and she gets home and she says, She just went right in her room and she began to just spend time with God and try to get her priorities straight because she realized that her priorities weren't straight at that point. And she just began to um, just give her life to Jesus. And she began to say that, um, you know, there, there's, there's no other perspective. You know, nothing else matters except for eternal things, God. And she just began to pray that, that my life, Lord, my, let my life just be for eternal things from now on. And she began to surrender her life to God. And she had this encounter with God in her room. And she just surrendered everything and said, God, I'm sorry for having those thoughts. And I choose you. And so anyways, so her eyes from that point on began to notice the people that other people didn't see. And so she started to see that there was poor people in her city, poor women that were factory workers that were kind of forgotten. And so she began to minister to them and love on them. And it turns out that she began to have like 500 plus women just coming as she was ministering to them weekly. And she built this huge auditorium. And she just, she just wanted to just give God glory for whatever he did. God changed her. And it wasn't about herself anymore. And it wasn't about what people thought of her or this being in the status quo. It was about the kingdom of God and it being and an advancing And so anyway, so God just kept breaking her heart. And then years later, she just said, God, wherever you want me to go, I'm going to go. And so she decided, a young woman in her early 20s gets on a boat and goes to India. And she goes to India, and there's more that she's done. You can read about her. She's amazing. And she goes to India, and as she's there, the Lord began to open her eyes to some injustices that were happening in that area. And there was, there was um, temples of another faith there. And what they would do is they would dedicate their children to the, to the million gods they had. And then they would say, okay, we want your children. And so they, the families would give their children to the temple and where they would be abused and raped and all of these horrible things. Children. And Amy began to find out about these things, and her heart began to break. And one day, one of the children found out that Amy was there, and they escaped, but they were caught, and they were brought back, and they were tortured, and it was horrible, but they had hope, and they escaped again. And in that time when they escaped again, uh, someone from the town, praise God, went and got her and brought her to Amy. And that day, she began to, to, ha- to, to have a place for all of the children. And they began to escape little by little by little until she had this huge orphanage of ministering to the people who were being abused. And she had a, a place where they encountered God, where it was safe, where there was laughter, where there was love. She created this atmosphere in that place, and it's still going on today. Isn't that amazing? Like, her legacy is still happening today because of her obedience to God and her saying, God, I, I give everything to you, and I choose to, to notice people beyond myself. And she began to do that. And I believe, you know, that, that loving the person in front of you, um, we're called to it, Amen. It's part of the Christian life. It's part of who we're called to be. Because you're called to someone different than I'm called to, right? God breaks your heart for something different than he breaks my heart for, right? And through us all, through the body of Christ working together, we're able to see the Great Commission fulfilled. Amen? We're able to see people coming to Jesus. We're able to see the devil's work being destroyed. Amen? through our obedience to him, through our surrender to him. And, and so I'm just going to talk about three practical ways on how you love the person in front of you. Just three little ways. There's probably a bunch more, <laughs> but I just have three today. So here's a practical way. The first one is loving the person in front of us is not just with words, but it's with action. I remember, this is going to date me, <laughs> my age, I mean, I remember DC Talk, and they would have this song, Love is a Verb. How many remember that? Love is a verb. Love is action. There's a missionary called Heidi Baker, which a lot of you probably heard of. She says this phrase, love looks like something. Amen? Love looks like something. And I, there's always times, you know, obedience with God looks different in so many different ways. Like, sometimes God can stir your heart and you can't stop praying for someone. Right? But sometimes he tells you to get in your car and go to someone's house. Sometimes he tells you to maybe, you know, you're in the store and maybe you're looking at, at the person there and you look and God says, I want you to pay for their groceries. Love looks like something, amen? Love looks like something. Maybe it's just, you know, you sitting there and listening to someone as they're pouring their heart out to you. Maybe it looks like you staying and cleaning something up when everyone else goes and you have a good attitude about it. Love looks like something. And, and I can go on and on and on, you know, because we're called to something bigger than ourselves, amen, when we just sit there and think about me, myself, and I, you're going to be miserable, and I think that's why depression is so rampant in our world today, is because we're only thinking about ourselves, that's what the enemy wants us to do, the devil says, just look at yourself, you got it bad, you're never going to get better, And it gets us to look at ourselves and our situation. But when we say, you know what? I'm done with that. I'm not listening. I'm stepping over the lies, and I'm going to go help someone. It breaks his power. It breaks his power. There's times where, you know, the enemy would try to get me to, to be in that mode, you know? Like, oh, this is terrible. I can't keep my house clean. And, you know, you just go through all this stuff, and... Ah, you know, and, and all of a sudden something comes to me, and I say, you know what, absolutely not, I'm going to text 10 to 15 people right now, and, and give them prophetic words right now, <laughs> I'm going to text 10 to 15 people, I'm going to begin praying for them, and interceding, like, like I would want someone to intercede for me, amen, and I'm just going to go for it, and I'm going to do something, because love looks like something, love is a verb, it's action, Amen? We were never created to be idle. We were created to go for it. Going from glory to glory and faith to faith. To living our life for him. And taking risks and seeing him do amazing things through us. Isn't that amazing? We were created for so much more. We're not going to arrive until we get with him. There's always more for us. There's always more that we can encounter. There's always more that we can do with God. And it's not about striving. It's just enjoying. It's enjoying him and giving away what he's doing in your life and being happy (laughs) and being joyful. You know, we don't have to get mad if the waiter ripped us off or something. How many times do I see that with Christians who are like, oh, I, I deserve this, and blah, 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 blah. It's about you then. <laughs> but if you say, you know what, God's got this, and you decide, you know what, I'm going to give this person an amazing tip despite what they did. Come on. That's acting like Jesus. When we go the other way and we try to get revenge for ourselves, that's acting like the world. First John three sixteen through 18, it says, This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. And we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. And you know what's amazing? A lot of times we think that's just the people who accepted Jesus, who part of the church. But you know what? I look at it, we're all created by God, right? We're all his kids. And the people who don't know him yet just haven't met him yet, and and it's just a pre-Jesus time. That's how I look at it. If anyone has material blessings and sees a brother or sister in need but has no pity on them, how can the love of God be in that person? Dear children... Let us not love with words or speech, but with actions in truth. Amen? Hallelujah. Okay, so the next one, are you ready? The next thought on loving the person in front of us is not stumbling over who you think they should be. That's a big one. Because sometimes us Christians can be self-righteous and we think we're all that in a bag of chips. But we kind of are. But (laughs) but we look at everyone who's not all that, who who it seems like they're not all that in a bag of chips. And and we just start judging them. We say they should be doing this. They should be doing that. Why aren't they in church every Sunday? Blah, 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 blah. And we have this self-righteous attitude. You know? And, and it's like, you know, we're never meant to live like that. We're never meant to live like that. We're meant to see with hope. Like when Jesus looks at us, it's hopeful. And we love it, right? We love it. We're like, yes, thank you, God. You've forgiven me. Thank you, God. You're so good. Thank you, thank you, thank you. You know, we love it. But when it goes, God's doing it with someone else, sometimes we can criticize because we think we're ahead of them. But no, how about we just love people with no strings attached, amen? How about we, we start to ask God to show us that person or the world through his eyes? Wouldn't it look different? That we could see people with the hope of God. That we could see people, that we can look at someone and see the, what God's doing in their life, and we can talk all about that. Yeah. And we can blab all about that. Because what it's doing is it's coming into agreement with what God's doing and it empowers God to move. It says, yes. And so that is just such a, an a, a attack, you know, like a, a little scheme of the enemy is to get us to look at all the things that everyone's not doing. Like I hear some people sometimes they will say, please pray for, uh, you know, a son or something. And he's doing this and this and this and this, you know. And that's okay to, to say what they're doing. But to make agreement with that, that they're never going to change, is where its powerful because then nothing's going to happen. <laughs> Unless some supernatural thing that God can do, which he can. But God loves to agree with people. Just like I love to agree. Don't you love to agree with people? It's like, yeah, when you're in agreement with something, it's like you can do anything. And it's the same thing with the things of God. When you come into agreement for what God says about people, that he's, he's given, he knows the plans he has for them to give them a hope and a future, amen? That they are the head and they're not the tail, amen? That you and your household shall be saved, amen? And maybe as you're praying for them and de- making declarations over situations and over people, maybe God will show you the route and you can be able to go after that. Because with every, like, thing that happens, there's always a root in why it's happening. Do you know that? Like, a lot of anger sometimes can be about a, a day that they got abused and they don't know what to do with their, their, their emotions. They have no idea. So then they, they just, they're just angry, and then they turn to drugs because everyone rejects them because how they're acting. And God never meant for that to happen. How about we just love people? How about we just hold people? How about we speak life to them and just say, I believe in you. Come on. I've heard of people who have, um, uh, who, who are in, in the um, ministry of rescuing um, people out of the sex trade industry. And I hear stories of them, and it just wrecks me. And, and the stories that really wrecks me, I mean, of course, they're, they're rescuing them out, and they're, they're meeting Jesus, and, and God's sobering them up, and all of these amazing things. But when the, the people who actually minister in those fields, when you hear them say that I'm loving the people who are in the industry, and I'm loving the people who are actually put them there, come on, that's crazy. What do you mean? You're going to love the traffickers? Are you kidding? Why would you ever love the traffickers? Why would you ever love them? Why would you love the criminals? Because Jesus does. And they were never meant to live that life. That was never God's plan and destiny for them. Something else is going on, God. There's a root. And God, I I am your child. Will you please let me help this person and show me how you see them through your eyes? Show me. And sometimes God will give you a prophetic word. He'll give you a word of knowledge you know, there's times when you're ministering and you could say, I just see this, this, this closet and it's all red. Does that mean anything to you? And bam, that was, that was the place where they were abused. That was the place where they were locked up and not allowed out and where the enemy began to speak into them and that's where they acted out and where it all started and God could heal them just like that through our obedience and our deciding that we're not going to judge the person in front of us. We're just going to speak life over them. We're going to agree with what God says about them which is to give them a hope and a future. They were never meant to be like that. That's not God's best for them. And so I say, God, help me to love the criminal. Help me to love um, the the person that's being abused. Help me to love them both. Like, how do I do this? And you can ask God and he'll tell you. And you could read the word and let him speak to you, amen? Like, the word of God is so powerful. It speaks so many things. And And it just shows you so much. And having a balance of the word and of his spirit speaking to us is when people really grow in their faith. And so there is a scripture with number two, and it's, um, I'm actually going to skip a little bit because I think I'm almost getting out of time, okay? (laughs) Okay. And it is Romans 12... 9 through 21. Actually, no, I will just say exactly the scripture I was going to do. I don't want to do that one. Sorry, guys. The one that I was going to talk about was Jesus. Jesus had this example really clearly. There was a woman. They were all meeting. Jesus and, and the Pharisees, they were all meeting and they were having church. And all of a sudden, someone brought this woman to them who had committed adultery and they brought her in, and they shamed her. And some, some believe that she didn't have any clothes on, that she was just so full of shame and so embarrassed. They embarrassed her. They, like, they made her feel like this small. And Jesus had every right to, to pick up a stone and shoot it at her because it was part of the law. But what did Jesus do? He began to get on the ground and love this woman and protect her. And Jesus began to write in the sand, and we don't know what he was writing until we get to heaven, but some believe that he was writing stuff that they did because some scholars believe that actually those Pharisees who brought her there were some of the ones who were having adultery with her. And so he began to write in the sand, and he said to them, he who has no sin, cast the first stone. And as they were leaving, they began, the oldest to the youngest, they they dropped their stone, they dropped their stone, they dropped their stone, they dropped their stone. And Jesus said, woman, where are your accusers? And she said, there are not any. He said, well, neither do I accuse you. Go and sin no more. Leave your life.